0: Thanks for tuning in to today's Horsewoman podcast. Our show explores women in the horse industry as they share their dreams, challenges, successes. What drives these women? Well, let's find out. Good morning. This is Rose Cushing with today's Horsewoman. And today we're going to take a journey back in time. There's a a very interesting character that I came across who not a lot is known about her, but she certainly deserves to be in the top most influential horsewomen of our lifetime. Donna Campbell-Smith is a writer and friend of mine that wrote a book, and and that's how I found out about this character. So, Donna, come on in and tell us a little bit about what people are going to hear.
1: Okay, well, the person that we're talking about is Betsy Dowdy. Everybody's heard of Paul Revere, who rode 13 miles to warn the British was coming. Betsy Dowdy, 16 years old, rode her banker pony 50 miles, in the Currituck Sound, to go to Hertford, North Carolina, and warn that Lord Dunmore, from, who had taken over the coast of Virginia, killing livestock and everything to make the colonists unable to, to do anything, was headed toward Great Bridge. And because of her ride, General Skinner was able to go to Great Bridge and bring 100 reinforcements to General Howe, and they defeated Lord Dunmore and sent him packing back to England. And so this happened, like this, when Paul Revere's ride happened. Shortly after, a few months after, right? Yeah, um, you know, she could have turned her act could have turned the tide of the Revolutionary War. So, I ran across the story uh, reading the book. Let me make sure I have this title completely right. Um, from by Daniel W. Barefoot, and it was a. Um, Touring the back roads. Let's see. <laughs> touring the back roads of North Carolina's upper coast. So that story led me on to research and find out more about Betsy Dowdy. So I first came across the story of Betsy reading uh, Daniel W. Barefoot's book, Touring the Back Roads of North Carolina's Upper Coast, and um, it just kind of captured my imagination. So I went to the library. I found. Uh, a book by Nell Wise Welchner, uh, Betsy Dowdy's Ride, that was published in 1960. Um, And then new to the internet back when I wrote this book, but I was able um, to find very little about her. So I went to the North Carolina archives in Raleigh and they put there's almost every county, I think, has a book, The Heritage of uh-huh. whatever county. So they had the Heritage of Currituck County, and so her story was in there. I was able to find um census with her father's name and her you know her family's names, so she did really exist. Uh-huh. And then also, um, I think it was in 1930s, it was the granddaughter of this General Skinner gave an interview to the um, to the newspaper in Elizabeth City and they did a write-up about her. So, um, so she was real, the real deal and it really happened. So just to give you some flavor, I wrote my book, um, I wrote it in first person like Betsy's telling her story and interspersed it with imaginary journal entries by her mother, because I thought as a mother and at the time I was raising a grandchild, oh my gosh, this kid is just all over the place adventuring and what the mother is, you know, how that's impacting her too. But um, out of the first chapter section, um, just to give a little bit of a picture of where she lived and and, uh, the lifestyle and thing is, um, and she was close to her grandfather who by the time she made her ride out, had passed away. But she said, Chapel Hill, Chapel Field was the name Grandpa gave our home on Currituck Banks. Our two-story house was built of strong cypress wood and the roof of cedar shingles, weathered to a silvery gray. Grandpa built the house 40 years ago and a fine job he'd done. The house survived many a nor'easter and hurricane without a bit of damage. It had two rooms downstairs separated by a hallway in the middle. On the hottest summer days, we opened the back and front doors at either end of the hall and let the air breeze through. A wide porch wrapped around the front and sides of the house. It helped shade out the sun and made a fine place to sit and shell peas, sew, or just daydream. Upstairs was the same, with tall windows instead of doors. All of the windows were tall to let in the breeze. Shutters protected the panes from breaking whenever there was a storm. Well, it's about time my wandering girl came home, father said, as he opened the front door, letting the warm glow of lamplight pour into the porch. He was smiling at me. Father had grandpa's smile. He was tall and thin like grandpa too, but still had a head full of sun-bleached hair. Grandpa had a bald spot fringed with a wreath of gray. I'm sorry to be late. I was watching the ponies in the sunset. It's going to be a pretty day for tomorrow's oyster roast. You know what Grandpa always said, red at night, sailors delight, red in the morning, sailors take warning. Father walked out onto the porch. He took a deep breath of the salty air and stretched. Then he leaned against the post and watched me. You're right, Bessie, he agreed. It was a beautiful sunset. I'm sure your mother will be relieved about the weather. Bess stood quietly while I brushed her down. Then I reached for my wooden groom's box, put the brush away, and pulled out an ear of dried corn. I always had a treat tucked into my box to thank Bess for the ride. There you go, off with you now. I handed my pony to corn and patted her the rump. Then I joined Father on the porch. He smiled at me, and we watched Bess trot away, disappearing into the weathered myrtle bushes, and across the dunes to join the herd.
0: That's beautiful.
1: Thank you. Let me say a little bit, especially if there's any young readers listening, about historical fiction. Historical fiction are novels that are based on something that really happened or people that really lived, but because we don't know what their daily life and the details were like, we have to make those up. So in this book, there are lots of adventures that Betsy and Bess have, that we have no record of in history, but you can just imagine a young girl her age that loves the outdoors and the sea and her horses. They weren't really hers except for maybe Beth, but she felt like they were Right. just the kind of lifestyle and, and, thing, and freedom that she was able to have during that time in the 1700s.
0: And, so, and what a love she had for these horses yes. to make this ride. Yes. I mean, she really feared for the horses' lives. Right,
1: exactly, yeah. So um I did find out in my research the will of Josiah Dowdy, in which his daughters, Betsy, spelled B E T S E Y in there, is mentioned and she was to inherit six dollars to be raised out of the my lands to her and her heirs. And she and he had other daughters and sons. Apparently Betsy's sisters were not in Josiah's household at the time of the nineteen of the seventeen ninety census, so So that was, you know, documented. And then um, Richard B. Creasy was the first to publish the story given to him by General William Skinner's daughter, Penelope, who had handed the story down to her children, her grandchildren, and her great-grandson, Mr. Creasy. So he was the editor of The Economist was the name of the Elizabeth City uh, newspaper. Um, so it was in 1901 that he published the story of Betsy and her Banker Pony Blackbess in his book, Grandfather's Tales of North Carolina, which I think you can find that online too, or portions of it. It'd
0: be a great read.
1: So in my historical fiction, those few facts fed my book. And then the other thing I did is, is um, as a mother of three adventurous daughters when they were little, and um, and then I raised a granddaughter. Uh, I thought about what in the world a mother must be feeling and thinking with not knowing one time she's gonna show up and where she's been or where she's going. So I interspersed um, imaginary journal entries to mm-hmm. give the mother's point of view in this book written in, in Betsy's words. So I'll read you the first one from her. Um, from the diary of Rebecca Dowdy, November 28th, 1774. My Betsy is a beautiful young lady, but it it was hard to see that tonight. When she came in the house, well after dark, she smelled like a horse. Her auburn hair was wind tangled and she had her skirt pulled up between her long legs with the hem tucked into her waistband. She has no idea how much it frightens me for her to be wandering out on the beach and among the dunes ride that wild pony. Anything could happen. I know she explores the forest as well. There are wild beasts in that forest. But the fauna is not the only concern. These outer banks are refuge to all sorts of misfits that might prey upon a, long, a young and beautiful girl. It especially distresses me for her to be out past dark. And though I am, const- in, am constant in re- In reprimanding her, excuse me, for it, she continues to lose track of the time. I do not understand why she cannot see well enough that the sun is setting. I think she just disregards my warnings. I chastised her for her tardiness. She expressed (coughs) sincere regret and retired to her room, closing the door. That closed door symbolizes our relationship, for it is not only the door to her bedchamber that she shuts me out, it is the door (coughs) to her spirit. Josiah says I'm too hard on her and that I should just give her time to grow up. He says she should be allowed to enjoy her youth while she can, that Betsy will come to know the reality of life soon enough. I'm not sure I agree with him. Betsy is no longer a child, she is 14 years old. It is time she learned to behave like a young lady and not some wild wood thief How else will she ever find a suitable husband? I want her to enjoy a good life without toil and pain. How can that be unless she marries well? No, wild ponies cannot give my Betsy a happy life. That is all I want for her, happiness.
0: Well, Mama didn't know that without wild ponies, there's no (laughs) happiness either. (laughs) That's
1: right, that's right, exactly. So, my story goes on with her having several adventures and then... Mama sends her to Edenton to stay with a cousin to learn how to be a lady. She meets Penelope Barker there who instigated the Edenton Tea Party, which was the protest to not drink tea or buy any imported products from England. So as long as those taxes were being imposed on them for it. So she got, you know, she got educated in a whole different way than her mama expected.
0: For sure. Um, Her rebellious spirit, though, that was right up her alley. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Hey, y'all. This is Lonnie from Mule City Specialty Feeds located in Benson, North Carolina. It's almost springtime. Is your horse blooming? Does your horse have a shiny coat and healthy hooves? How much extra time and money are you spending mixing supplements in the feed room when you could be enjoying your horse in the arena or out on the trail? Then look no further. Mule City Specialty Feeds has a line of equine feeds that delivers maximum nutrition. From your performance horse to your weekend trail horse, our line of maximum nutrition equine feeds offers five different complete, balanced formulas that will take you out of the feed room and into the saddle. In addition to equine feeds, we also offer complete feeds for your barnyard pets and livestock. For more details, visit our website at MuleCity.com, follow us on Facebook, or give us a call at 1-800- and don't forget Mule City Delivers I
1: don't know how much well you know the story's based on legend so I'll give um, some background I'll give you some dates to kind of let you know the uh, tea act was passed before the story even began in 1773 Mm-hmm. And then the Boston Tea Party took place, which we all learned about that in school. Um, but it was on October 25th, 1774, that the group of women in Edenton met and drew up a proclamation resolving not to drink tea imported from India by the British, nor to purchase any more imported fashions until the Stamp Act was repealed. So um We go on and then the war breaks out basically in 1775. British troops were ordered to destroy military supplies that the Patriots had stored at Concord and Paul Revere made his famous ride, the war that the British were coming. Remember that he only rode 13 miles. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. I like to, when I go and visit schools and talk to them about this this book, I always like to stress that that um. and he went, he's in everybody's history book. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so in sep- November
1: 1775, Lord Dunmore captured Portsmouth, Virginia. And he bragged that Norfolk was defenseless. And on November 31st, the Virginia Gazette reported that Lord Dunmore wrote, I really believe we should reduce this colony to a proper sense of their duty. And in the same paper, George Washington was reported to have said that Dunbar needed to be crushed and that the fate of the colonies depended on him getting out of Norfolk. So, a neighbor was, Betsy overheard, um, Mr. Jarvis was his name, neighbor telling this news of of what has happened um, to her father and that Done more planned next to come down and take over North Carolina's coast, and and he told her father that he had just slaughtered all the horses, all the cattle, in the Virginia area, so that the colonists wouldn't have any way to fight back right. or food to eat. Right. And so, of course, Betsy's first concern was the wild horses, and um, so it was December the sixth that she made her ride she 1775 the note on her pillow and um 1775 and uh wrote her banker pony black bess to warn that lord dunmore was marching toward great bridge and intending to come in and take over north carolina so i guess maybe i have to go back because mm-hmm. of my memory um in the conversation between Mr. Jarvis and her father, it was mentioned that this General Skinner in Hertford had a hundred men, mm-hmm. that if, if word could be got to them in time, you know, that he maybe he could get there in time to help. So she just snuck out in the night and saddled her pony and took off. And I thought, really? She swam the Currituck Sound? But if you look at a map of Currituck Sound and you see where, um, Corolla and mm-hmm. Penny's Hill and all and and then there's a short distance. There's a peninsula that comes out from the mainland. So it seemed more feasible. And also Curry took Sound when the tide's it's so only about two feet deep. So, That's, uh, so wow. also it's very feasible with a determined sixteen year old. By that time she was sixteen. Um so she made it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in my story I you know, Penelope nurses her you know she's cold she's wet and all that and kind of collapses by the time she gets there but she gets the word and they take off and they're able to stop Dunmore.
0: well you know a 51 mile ride on a horse is not a short ride. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that no. that's a like an all night part of the next oh, day yeah, ride. yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. And this was a big feat.
1: Yes, it was.
0: Yeah. I guess that finished her mom's worries. After she, <laughs> that would have killed me if my kid had been gone that long,
1: <laughs> especially
0: knowing that war was. Well, the point. I
1: guess you know, yeah. They didn't know it till morning, but still, they didn't know where. She left a note where she was going. She did in my imagination anyway. I don't know if she actually did or not. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: That's so interesting, and you can almost see the ships sailing up to the coastline area and, and hear the cannons shooting. I mean, you did such a great job reading that. I can't wait. Now, how can I learn more and, and read your book?
1: Uh, well, it's available on Amazon. No problem there. Uh, An Independent Spirit. And it has a subtitle of The Tale of Betsy and Betsy Dowdy and Black Bess. So... um
0: and it, and your book is, is basically a, a children's book.
1: It's for it's, it's targeted middle grade reader, which uh-huh. is about fourth grade, which is ideal because fourth grade is when North Carolina history is being taught in our schools. Right. So I've done a lot of uh, visits to the schools to talk talk about the book. Also, mm-hmm. my books um, have teachers' guides in the background, mm-hmm. in the back uh, with um, with activities they can do. Um, vocabulary, question and answer, and that sort of thing.
0: It's Christmas time, so if you have a person who's a teacher or a fourth grade-ish age child, what a wonderful Christmas present that this would be for them because, yeah. you know, we need to remember our history and where we came from.
1: Yeah, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, have to do. Um, and, well, there are copies at the gallery, Franklin County Arts Council Gallery and Bertie County Arts Gallery but the best way to get it is from Amazon, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Just go to amazon.com yeah. and look for Donna Campbell Smith or Independent Spirit. Right,
1: yep, absolutely.
0: Very good. Anything else you'd like to share?
1: I think that about covers it, but um, I just I'm um, I just would like to see teachers pick up on this. And I don't know what the process is for getting something in a history book, but it, right. you know, I'd like for it to be um well known enough that somewhere down the line it would get in there. I mean it should be all Revere's in every book across the country, not just in Massachusetts So I'd like to see it, you know, read everywhere. Absolutely. Because, what a great role model. You know, you know. Women women were strong and North Carolina really has a history of strong women. It does. Just like Penelope Barker, who was a widow. She had been married three times. She had, after her husband died, she took care of the farms, the right. plantations. She did all of that business stuff and everything, you know. Now we think modern women are so, um, like it's a new thing, it's not. right. North, you know, right. North, North Carolina has a history of strong women behind it.
0: We come from good stock, yep. <laughs> no doubt about yep. it.
1: It had to be, it was, uh, North Carolina was known as a wilderness, you know, like, mm-hmm. The Virginians kind of looked down on us, and the South Carolinians kind of looked down on well, us. We but didn't have Richard we or Charleston. We <laughs> were, we were, tough and wild, and yeah, kind of a little raunchy sometimes <laughs> for sure.
0: Well, thank you for yeah. being on the show today, and folks, I hope that you'll go to Amazon and, and give this book a shot on your Christmas present list. And I hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Our souls wander in similar places. Even though we may not know each other, we touch the same wind, we walk under the same sky, and our hearts wander in the same dreams. We are one, women just like you and me. Thank you for listening.